Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. 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 Good morning, good morning, good morning. God bless you all. We were having some technical difficulties this morning and just was having an issue getting connected, but we are here. Praise the Lord. We give God all the praise, the glory, and the honor for our opportunity to connect with you this morning. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. Hallelujah. Oh, what an awesome God we serve, and there's always wonders to behold with him. So we just thank God for your attendance. Again, we apologize for the delay in coming on, but bless the Lord, we are in for a treat today. We have a phenomenal guest that has joined us this morning, and we're going to introduce him in just a few moments. But right now, as you know, as our custom, we always open up the show with prayer, and today is no different. So we give God the praise. We give him the glory. We give him the honor for truly he is worthy of all praise, all glory, and all honor. Father God, we just thank you. We lift you up today. We invite you in the midst of this broadcast. We decree and declare that you have free reign over our lives and over our minds, our thoughts, and our spirits. We thank you, O Lord God, that because you are we are because you created us in your image and in your likeness because you chose to be to be our starting point you chose lord god in your mindset to create us for purpose and destiny and so father we look to you for our ability to fulfill that which you have created us Your word decrees and declares that it was for your good pleasure, O Lord God, that we were brought into existence. So, Lord God, let all that we do be pleasing before you. Father God, I invite your spirit in this broadcast. I invite, O Lord God, you to have your way in us and through us, O Lord God. Let your anointing so rest on myself, O God, and and our guests and all of our listeners, O Lord God, that we will be encouraged in this journey with you. We will be encouraged to, hallelujah, give you the praise and the glory in and out of season, in spite of situations and circumstances, in spite of how things may look on the outside. We still continue to be worship unto you and give you the praise and the glory. Now have your way, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We decree and declare it to be so. Amen. And thank God, thank God, thank God. What an awesome day. What an awesome God we serve. So again, as I said, we have a phenomenal guest on the line, and we're going to bring him on right now. Mr. Watson, I don't want to murder your first name, so I'm going to let you pronounce it for me. But welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Amen. Amen. It is a pleasure to have you on. Pronounce your first name for me, please. Uh, Shawin. 
Chauvin. Okay, great. I just, like I said, I did not want to, to mispronounce it because I know people mispronounce my name all the time. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I didn't do that. Well, welcome to the show. I understand that you are an author, a life coach, a motivational speaker, um, and that you wear many different hats in this journey with God. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, if I had to describe myself, when I'm going to say I'm a man of God, first most, um, a motivational speaker, like you said. But the one thing that I always say that separates me, I believe, from a lot of people is that I, I call it my God qualification. You know, he he, he made me different and, and special in so many different ways. He's given me this wonderful gift that I didn't realize I had for a long, for a lot. I mean, for a long time, for a long time, I didn't realize that I had it. You know, I was uh-huh. one of the people that would always ask myself, "Why me? Why me?" On certain things, and now I'm seeing, you know, why I, I went through a lot of those things. It was really to get me to that place to where I'm at right now. So, okay. you know, really, just myself is is just that man of God, a person out there who's looking to serve people. And my passion, really, right now, if I describe myself, is really is to help people to. Uh, to find their purpose and to and to give them the encouragement to pursue their purpose. That's really what I'm all about right now. Okay. Amen. And what what have you identified your purpose to be? Well, my purpose is one is to speak transformation into people's lives. I know that okay. I know that people have a lot of circumstances, I know that people have a lot of excuses. I know that some people need a little bit of encouragement. I know that there are people who struggle with self-discipline. And I put up a post the other day, and it was really dear to my heart, but it was I felt it. And what I said was that the biggest addiction is procrastination. Mm. A lot of and you see that as an addiction? I do because it's almost like, okay, we, we put things off for a long time. You know, we have this gift and you know, I was one of those I was one of those people for a long time. You know, you had we had this gift and we want to pursue it. Let me just give you an example. If God said, Okay, I want you to go ahead and start writing that book, many people they're not convinced yet. And so they may say, Okay, I'm gonna write it he may want you to write it right now, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to write it next year. Next year comes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write it next year. Next year comes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write it next year. And so it's one of those things that we, we, we kind of, it's the thing of putting it off. And so that's where okay. I feel where I fit in and really be able to help, help out at it. So, but explain, you made a statement just now when you said that it was an addiction. Do you feel that we are addicted to procrastination, that, you know, it's something that, we feel we can't do without, or when I think of addiction, let me clarify. When I think of addiction, I think of um, that mindset, that compulsive mindset that says that I've got to have this thing. So I just found it interesting that you use the word addiction with procrastination. Well, I, I, I use it in the sense that, you know, a lot a, a lot of us may not be convinced or a lot of us may not, realize, you know, what the gift actually is and it's kinda of, it's kinda of like it's kinda of like more of us running sometimes away from it or that's what procrastination really is to me is kind of 
it's running away from it and putting it off to you know because maybe maybe you maybe you don't feel like it's you know top not i mean top of your list right now mhm okay you know um th- very interesting i think that one of the things I find most interesting in the body of Christ, <clears throat> excuse me, is that we are willing to pursue so many different things and give us our all and our all, but that which God has called us to, so often we put on the back burner. And that's interesting to me since that should be priority. You know, that should be what we're pursuing first, actually, because that's what will put everything else in place. So I I, um, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I just, you know, like I said, it, it was just a, an interesting choice of words. Um, in your motivation, in your speaking to others, how do you bridge that gap of getting from that procrastination stage to that, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm not letting anything stand in my way? How do you bridge that gap? Well, a lot of times what I do, I, I share my testimony. And I share my testimony because one of the reasons why people procrastinate or or struggle with that area is because of circumstance. You know, a lot of us believe that we have to have perfect circumstances for us to start. And that's Uh the most challenging part is starting, you know, starting to write that book, starting that business, going back to college. So that's the most challenging part. And so I just tell people all the time, you know, there's really never going to be a time where the circumstances are going to be 100% perfect. And mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're called on to do this, we have to do it because I always say that we, we, have, our, we have an expiration. I mean, we, we, have, we have limited time here on earth. And if we, if we, don't, if we don't take advantage of, of this gift that, we, that we've been given, Mm-hmm. Not only is it going to be taken away, but we're not going to have we're not going to have an opportunity when we finally do want to do. We're not going to have that opportunity to be able to pursue it. That's and true. And so I, I I talk about those those areas of that, and I just really just try to motivate them. I try to you know ask them questions, and I just really just try to be there, you know, letting them know, okay, what is what is stopping you from starting that dream today? Okay, what 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 is the, what is the dream that you want to do? And and what I try to do, I, I try to get them to write it down. Okay, what is what is that? What is that goal? That that gift? Okay, if it's to go to college, okay, let's start on the first step. The first step is okay, what what type of degree you want? To kind of uh, write it out. Okay, if, if it's a bachelor's degree, you know, try to figure out the, the college, the possible bachelor's. I mean, the possible um, uh, was it major that you that you were looking at to study. Once you start doing that, start going online, you know, start looking at it online. Because I always say if you just take one step a day, just one step, you know, that's the one, that's, that's one step in the right direction versus not taking any steps at all. And, those, and that, that's and very that true. It starts to build up. Yeah, that's very true. I, um, I teach a class called Kingdom Empowerment. It's an entrepreneurship um, seminar, and one of the things that I stress in there is on a daily basis, do something. If it's not but 30 minutes of the day where you're online um, investigating what it is your business 
is going to do or who your competition is or something, but take 30 minutes every day, even though you're working, you've got family or what have you, and work it towards your goals. So I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Now, you said that one of the things that you do is share your testimony. So share your testimony with our listeners so that they can get an insight of where you're coming from. Well, my testimony is, you know, as, as a child I was diagnosed with a learning disability, and that right there was was um, was very very difficult for me because not only was I diagnosed with a learning disability, I was also diagnosed with um, with attention deficit disorder. Okay. And as a child, it was difficult for me because I was I was teased a lot. You know, it was, it was days where I was called retarded, slow, stupid. Um, you know, I took a lot of special education classes, and a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of my a lot of my peers would would look at me funny. They would you know tease me all day long, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, even people in my in the community and in, in, in the area where I lived, that they thought I was weird. They thought I was crazy, you know. Um, I, I was I was in school in the early '90s, and people really didn't know too much about learning disabilities. They really didn't know how to be able to help kids with learning disabilities. You know, so for me, uh, my my mom and, and um, family, they had to really in, invest in me as far as getting, um, you know, uh, going to colleges to help me with my reading, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, my mom was very instrumental in, in helping me to get, you know, tutors. I, I needed a lot of tutoring. And, you know, I had to go to a special place to get that tutoring. You know, I had to, I had to okay. work with a lot of special education teachers to give me that one-on-one attention because the teachers at the time they didn't have that 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 um they didn't have the patience to to take the time to do it. And that was that was a very challenging time for me because I was a loner. I feel like I you know I felt different. You know, my I had a very low I had a very low self-esteem about myself, and you know I didn't really want to be around anyone. And um, I can I can say that. With my testimony, I've had, you know, the one thing that changed me from being that that kid with the learning disability was when I found was in '96 when I found the game of basketball. When I found the game mm-hmm. of basketball, that allowed me to build friendships. I cannot tell you how many friendships that I build from the game of basketball because kids start to see that hey, he has something in common with us. You know, he's not mm-hmm. he's not what we thought he was. You know, he mm-hmm. has some. He has a special talent, and so I, uh, you know, I was in the game of basketball for for ten years. You know, played at the at the highest levels, and um, you know, I, I say another um, thing that happened in my life was in was in two thousand four, two thousand five, uh, when I left my parents' home and uh, moved down uh, to Mississippi uh, with my relatives and my uncle, and that there was the biggest transformation in my life is really what made me the man and the person I am today because I went down there in 2004, 2005 as a follower. I'd been a follower my whole life. I didn't have a a mind of my own. And going down there, my uncle planted some seeds of greatness in me that I'm just so appreciative of. I mean, he had me reading the Bible. He had me... Mm down my goals. Um, he had me exercising my mind and my and my body every morning, had me out running. 
Um, he taught me the, these words, attention, retention, recall. These were things helping me in my mind. He told me I was great. He told me I was great. The thing about mm. it is that for that age, I had never heard of the word greatness. The word greatness wow. was never in, into my, and it was never ever mentioned to me before because people only saw me as being average or below average. They said I could mm-hmm. only go to, they said I may be able to go to college, may be able to. And mm-hmm. now, um, here I am today, and I just, I thank God, and I just thank people, you know, who's been around me, who's been very supportive of me, um, you know, for this, this journey. And I, and I was mentioning this morning, you know, I, I always ask to myself, you know, why me? Why me? I used to, I used to always ask that, you know, um, not to say that I was upset, but sometimes I just couldn't, I didn't have an understanding of the the situations that I was in, you know, I would ask, mm-hmm. you know, why did, why did I have to work two jobs? Why did I have to work weekends when everybody else is, is at home relaxing? You know, why mm-hmm. did I have to have to learn disability? Why did I get rejected from so many relationships? And now, now it's an understanding for me because I understand that in order for us to be great, we got we to gotta get in shape. And a lot of times right. when we go through circumstances, that's God giving us the basic training that we need for when we get to that place called there, that design place. But now I understand. Mm. You know, you, you touched on several different issues in the midst of your testimony, and it's a powerful testimony. Um, one of them that's resonating right before me right now is the importance of mentorship, the importance of having someone affirm you and speak into your life. Like you said, your uncle spoken to your life and told you that there was greatness in there, and that changed your life. I think that we as parents and grandparents and aunties and uncles and um, all the different roles that we play in the many children's lives we come into contact with, I think that is a vitally important aspect that we have to bring into their lives because if a child is never affirmed growing up, then they don't know that there's greatness within them. If they're never told that they've been fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and likeness of God Almighty himself, and he doesn't make junk, everything that he makes is of value. It is of a great value. Then they don't recognize and understand that. And I think that's part of the problem that our youth are encountering today, where life has absolutely no value, where they can go out and pull the trigger and take a life and never blink an eye and don't think twice about it, is because they don't recognize and understand the value that life holds. So I think that's awesome. It's really, really awesome to see how that affirmation turned your life around. What I also find um, very touching in your your um, testimony is how you were labeled as a child. Because so many, I have a grandson that was labeled ADHD, and you know, and he had his first grade teacher who took the time to labor with him, though he had to repeat that class. She took the time to find out that there was an, an issue and to deal with it. And then I noticed as he progressed on in, in school, other teachers didn't take that time. So that's another thing that I think is really, really important to take away away from what you have shared is if we have any teachers listening, if we have any homeschooling parents, that they take the time to work with the child. I thank God for your mother who who invested in you 
um, the tutoring and what have you. But there are a lot of children out there that have gone through and are now adults that never experienced what you experienced. They never had someone to take the time to work with them. They never had someone to take the time to affirm them. So what would you say to that individual that has had low self-esteem all of their lives? They've been told that they were dumb. They've been told that they could not survive. They've been told that they could not make it. They've been basically told that they have no self-worth. What do you say to them to get the light bulb, so to speak, to go off in them to realize that they are of great value? The one thing that I would tell them is that it's not really about what people think of you. It's about what you think about yourself. And I would say mm-hmm. that you have a purpose. And I always use this as that, and, it's, and, I, and I believe it is true, just like I, just like I did. If if I can do it, you can do it. That's what I say because mm-hmm. I always say that when I can't, we all came here the same way. No one came here different. I don't care if we're talking about the most successful person in the world. I don't care if we're talking about a billionaire, millionaire. We all came here the exact same way. Um, and I say it's no different. So if I can be able to come from where I'm came from to where I'm at right now to where God has continued to allow me to go, and I'm not done yet, then mm. you can accomplish greatness. Amen. Because you, you're already, I tell people all the time, you're already qualified. Mm-hmm. And that's the word I like to use to, to get people's attention, like you're, you're qualified to do to do greatness and to be great. You know, all you, that's, that's, what, that's why you were given that gift, because that gift is what's going to make you great, and all you have to do is pursue that gift. It's, you don't even need a plan B when you're getting inside your gift. Just get into the gift, unwrap the gift, and just start pursuing it. Take one step at a time. Oh, that's good. I like that. I like that. Get in the gift and start pursuing it. That's good. Some people haven't unwrapped it yet. That's true. That's very true. You don't even know what's there. You know, it's sitting there, and you don't even know what's there. I was um, sharing earlier this week, and one of the things I used an analogy, you can have a Bentley sitting in your driveway. You know, I mean, one of the most luxurious cars in the world, full of power, can do whatever it is that you desire to do. But if you never go out there and push that starter switch and ignite it, you never know what it is that you have. It's just sitting there. Yeah, and, and I believe it's, it's kind of like when, it's kind of like when you, you ever seen people when they go and buy something, and they just kind of sit on the on the coffee table. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. You you got you, you. I saw somebody before they bought a nice book, and you would have thought they got it from Barnes and Noble. You would have thought they was going to read it, but they just they set it right down the coffee table and it just collected dust. Never mm. never looked never looked inside. They just got for some reason they picked it up. Never looked inside. Never knew the wealth of knowledge that they held in their hands. Exactly. Amazing. Well, speaking of books, let's let's transgress right now and tell us about your book, Kissing Your Heartache Goodbye. And your your subtitle says what women need to do before beginning another relationship. Very very interesting. Tell us about it. Well, my book is is uh, geared towards um, women who have been brokenhearted and gone through different um, pain in, in their life. And what this book is is doing, it's helping you to get through those stages. Because what I want, what I want to see women get from this book is, I want to see them get delivered. 
mm. so I could be able to help position them for that Mr. Right. And when I say wow. in a substance, what women need to do before getting into another relationship, a lot of women have gone into another relationship without being healed. They've never gotten that forgiveness. They've never, you know, forgiven that person. They've never forgiven themselves. And the biggest thing is that you go into another relationship, and not only are you not healed, but you don't have a vision of what you really want, you know. Hmm. You may be dating someone, just date them, but, you know, you may, inside of your heart, you may want to get married, and this person doesn't want to get married, but, you're, you're dating this person, and you really haven't sat down and had a self-evaluation about yourself as far as your as far as your purpose. You know, a lot of people get so tied up into dating and and um, you know what the other person is doing that they forget all about their purpose. And I one of the things I talk about in this book is you know sit down, get get you a plan, use this time as a way to you know find yourself or rediscover yourself, whichever one you you want to, however you want to say it, and get a plan, almost like a business plan together. And figure out, okay, I'm at I'm at this stage in my life, you know, this is what I want, and this is this is what my this is what my God given purpose is, and so just because I go out back out there dating, I still have to remain I still have to remember to have my purpose. I can't invest everything in this person. I still have to you know pursue my purpose. Whether my purpose is to open up a business, go back to college, or, you know, write a book, you know. So my my book talks about those things, and it, it has different steps and stages because I understand that. The pain stage is very difficult in people's lives, and I don't, I, I didn't want people to have to go through that stage alone. So it's kind of like me being your life coach inside the book, helping you get through that stage, so you're not having to go through it by yourself. You know that's interesting. Tell me, I mean, because you're a man, so normally we have women speaking to women about how to get through these things. What, what? caused you to pursue this being a man from a woman's perspective and what she has to go through um, to healing? Well, for, well, for me, you know, I, I, I went through a lot of experiences in relationships myself, you know, so it wasn't really just me playing the guessing game. And so, you know, I went through a lot of relationships, a lot of toxic relationships. And on top of that, um, that's really what, what my purpose was for writing the book was my relationship experience that I, that I uh, went through that, you know, didn't pan out for me, and you know, I was at the I was at the stage in my life where I didn't know my self worth, and I needed to find myself. And so God, you know, put me in this position to to put this book out and to help and to speak into other people's lives, be an inspiration to other people about relationships. And so with this book right here, I dated a lot of women who were brokenhearted. And the, the thing is, I remember what that was like. A lot of times when I dated a young lady who was brokenhearted. And I was I was always a nice guy. You you typically don't notice a nice guy from a, from a from a what I call Mr. Hardcore guy in the book, which is a, a tough guy. But maybe the guy that, that hurts you, you don't recognize the difference mm-hmm. because you're you're brokenhearted and you you're not really thinking straight. You know, you really mm-hmm. don't really have a plan. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like starting a business without a, without a business plan. You just pretty much just you bought you bought a you bought a shop and you didn't really uh, write down what you really wanted to do. And so um, I was always that, that nice guy, and I dated a lot of those those types. And I just remember, you know, what what that was like. It was it was tough for me, but I can just imagine how much of a challenge it was for them because you really don't really know what you, you really don't know what you deserve. You know, a lot of times 
And I saw a lot of young ladies where they felt like they deserved that guy that, that talked to them bad and stuff like that. And so I just wanted to really, you know, start talking about that. And I, I, I even did a lot of surveys. I did a lot of surveys to get this book, you know, done and completed. I talked to a lot of everyday, you know, young ladies, you know, married, single, um, you know, different backgrounds, all all different types, just to kind of have that different um, research um, to put inside the book. You started off with Chapter 1 on how to forgive a man, which is probably one of the the biggest issues that we as women face because when we love, we love so hard and we open ourselves up probably quicker than most men do. And when that hurt comes in and we've been devastated, um, just in what you were just saying, we do, we have a tendency, we group all men together you know, if one hurt us and they're all dogs, if our fathers abandoned us, we expect every man that we meet to abandon us. Um, There's just hurt on top of hurt on top of hurt that normally women go through where we're looked upon half the time as just a piece of meat that, again, we, we go back to that self-worth, that value. We, we're not affirmed in our value. We think that the greatness of our, our existence is our sexuality because that's what's being portrayed in the movies and what's being portrayed on television. And until somebody comes along to say, no, you're more than breasts and hips and lips or what have you, you there's much more in-depth um, value to you. Until that is awakening in us as a woman, we are we put ourselves out there, and a lot of times we we put ourselves in the position to get hurt because we desire that relationship so much. We open ourselves up for it to all the wrong people. Um, we we unfortunately quite often don't wait for the one that God has ordained for our lives, and we kiss a lot of frogs trying to get to that prince. So. By the time we get to someone such as yourself that is a quote-unquote nice guy, by that time we have so much hurt and pain in us that everybody we encounter at that point is going to pay for the pain. So talk to us, talk to the those that are listening about how do you get to that place of forgiveness. You said how to forgive a man. How do we journey, in your opinion, to that place? Well, um, the first step in, in it that I talk about is either discovering or rediscovering that relationship with God. And that's one of the things that I even talk about throughout the book is that a lot of relationships don't have God in it. You know, I know I was in some relationships that I know I didn't I was I know I was in some relationships that didn't have God in it at all. Um, I think mm-hmm. I may have been in maybe one relationship that had God in it. And then he, mm-hmm. God started to kind of slide down. God was first. And then God didn't become a last, and then all of a sudden God wasn't in it no more. And so mm. one of the things I talk about in there is, is you can use this opportunity as a way to discover your, your relationship with God or to rediscover your relationship with God. And sometimes going through adversity, sometimes if you don't know God, is a perfect time to get to know God. And uh, one of the things that I talk about really is is uh, starting to to pray. You know, it, you don't the thing about prayer. The thing about praying, I always tell people is that. It, it's, it's it's a conversation, just like we're having right now, mm-hmm. and which what, what you're really doing is you trying you, you you're um you're asking God to um, you're asking God for forgiveness, and then you are going to forgive yourself, you know, because a lot of times we have regrets, 
oh, I should have dated him. You know, I, I I knew it. You know, I gave him a shot. You know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I should not have done that. And so we have that regret. And so that's right there is allowing you to forgive yourself. You know, so that way you don't carry that weight on you. And then um, as you as you go through these steps, the whole goal um, before moving on to the next um, step would be to eventually um, forgive this guy or forgive that person who hurt you because a lot of times people have these, it's like a cycle. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you continue going on without ever sitting down and, and having that self-evaluation or ever sitting down and getting healed and delivered, you're always going to be, you're always going to be on the move. I mean, you, it's, it's, it's going to be almost like a, uh, I can't think of what what that is called, but you, you're you're always gonna you're, you're always gonna be on the move, you know. You're never gonna be able to really you're never gonna be able to find that relationship and be fulfilled in the, in that relationship that you really want because you know you really haven't taken the time. So this this um, this step right there is geared towards really building your relationship with God because um, I understand I want I'm trying to get people to understand that in order for you to be able to get all the other steps that I put in the book. You gotta you gotta be able to build strength, courage, wisdom, and knowledge, and that's gonna really be able to help you in those other steps because it's gonna take a lot of courage to be able to forgive him. And I mentioned some of the things that you could do to, to forgive that man, as far as you know, writing him a letter or or sending him an email or, or just you know letting letting him know how, however um, you you want to do it, giving you those options. But it's gonna take a lot of strength and courage to do that. So what I'm doing, I'm, I'm helping to build you up to get to that point mm-hmm. because that's the point you want to get to before you move on to those other steps. Mm, okay. Um, all right. Give us some insight from a man's perspective. We're in church. Young ladies okay. are, they go to church for many different reasons, but we're going to take the, the young lady that's in church because she loves God with all her heart. She wants to do it the right way. No matter what her past has held, she's trying to release it, to let it go. She's trying to release all the hurt and the pain, and she wants love. She wants to be loved. She wants to be able to get love, give love, and she's in church. And as we all know, there are wolves in sheep clothing in the body of Christ. There are these men that have come into the church house strictly to pray and not with hands folded, but as um, P-R-E-Y, um, to pray upon those that are vulnerable because they're open, because um, they're in a place where they're seeking healing. As a man, tell our, our female audience what to be mindful, what to look for, so that they don't fall into that recurring cycle, even within the body of Christ. Well, um, I, always, I always say that, you know, those people sometimes – who there's some people who who have that who have a fake relationship with them and they may they may try to get you to say you know let's pray together or or let's or let's do, or let's do these different things to make it seem like like they are really there for for worship you know so really that's really just about being careful about it you know I always say that when people come in your life you know to pray about it because. You know, it's true what they say. You know, some people come in your life for a reason or season, and some people really don't belong in your life, you know, for the long haul. And if you don't 
really pray about that. You know, if a good person comes comes along, you know, you you definitely want to pray about it and see and see why that this person um, is in your life because people have different motives, and that's one thing. That's one of the things that I've learned along the way is that so many people have so many different motives. Um, you have some men that may just want you just for for sexual, may may want you just for you know just be friends of benefits. You know, some you know may not want a commitment. So you know that if that really helps you and. Um, these steps that I mentioned really are going to help you because you're going to know what you really want. And when you know what you really want, it's a lot easier to tell somebody no because you, you tr- now you truly know what you want versus just taking that person and you um, later getting hurt because you, you really didn't know what you wanted and this person was only out there, well, was only out to use you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in Chapter 4 of the book, you have, Part one, understanding a man. What does it take to understand a man? Well, uh, one of the things that I talk about is insecurities. We all have insecurities. I know coming from a man, you know, one of the things that that, um, that's always on my mind is, you know, being a provider, you know, being a giver. And, you know, as far as, okay, am I I giving, am am I a great provider for her? You know, am I a great husband for her? You know, am, am I doing the best I can? And and us men, you know, growing up knowing that we were were supposed to be the breadwinner, we we a lot of times we 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 have that that sometimes stress on us, making sure that that we're that we're doing the best and making sure that we are providing, you know, in, in a way where she where she's satisfied. And for some men, that can become a very overwhelming um, thing to deal with. And sometimes. You know, men may not may not tell you, or may, or maybe they maybe they do tell you. And one of the things that I that I say in this, when we talk about insecurities, is really just giving people the encouragement, um, giving them the encouragement to open up. You know, sometimes it is it takes that sometimes to say, you know, um, you know, is there, is everything going okay? Um, you know, you can you can talk to me. Just get um, this make make yourself available, and you know, ask open ask open ended questions because a lot of times. We try to get somebody to open up to us. We ask closing the questions, and it really doesn't really get us to the root of the answer. So, asking open the questions allows the person to uh, to really open up. And even if they open up a little bit, that's, that's still a building. That's still a building block where you can continue to um, build and eventually get the person to uh, let you know what's really going on. That's really what I'm talking okay. about. Is and how and how to accommodate them. So. Okay, let me give you another scenario. You as a man, you've gone through, as you said, different relationships where you have been hurt in the midst of the relationship. Um, as a young lady, someone comes to try to build a relationship with a man that is the flip side of what we just talked about about a woman, that now this man, because he has been hurt, he is gun-shy. He's scared of commitment because... Again, men don't give of them all as much as women do. So now this man has given to somebody who has betrayed him or hurt him. Now here comes a woman that really wants to be by his side, but he's gun shy. He doesn't want to make that vital commitment of marriage because he just thinks that he's going to get hurt again. How does a woman walk with a man in that respect to, um, to, to I guess, give him that comfort zone to realize that all women are not the same, first and foremost, and that she really is in his corner. What 
give us some insight as to what she needs to do in the midst of this relationship being worked out. Well, I think it's I think it's important for her to really find out what happened in those relationships. Really really try to um ask those open ended questions like we were talking about and really try to figure out, okay, what's what's been the what's been the pattern in those in those relationships? Because a lot of times when there's hurt, sometimes there's been, there's been a pattern that we may not really be too aware of. And, and just mm-hmm. try to figure out what happened in, in that thing, and maybe maybe just figuring those things out really could be a um, you know a breakthrough for him. Getting him to open up is it's almost mm-hmm. like counseling, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just it's like therapy. The conversation. No. No, I just said it sounds like therapy. I, yeah. I wasn't trying to cut you off. I was just making an observation. Yeah, yeah, it's it's exactly like that. Mhm. I mean, so I, re- I really think okay. that. I mean, d- just doing that really would would be you know something, and then once once you go from there, really just after I'm gonna just say it like this: after a certain point of of telling somebody you know that you're not gonna hurt them, it's really up to the other. Per- it's really up to the person because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, you could you could be there for someone. You can you can um. Tell them that you're that you're not gonna hurt them. You can tell them that you're different, but you can't make the person step out on faith. That that step out on faith has to be the, the person's um, decision. And so mm-hmm. all you could really all you really can do is, like I said, just ask the questions. Be be willing to you know figure out what happened. Kind of kind of investigate a little bit about what happened. Uh, maybe even maybe even sharing some of your relationship experiences. Maybe you, you never know. You guys could have some kind of similarities, you know, sharing mm-hmm. those experiences. But then at the end, at the end of the day, you know, it really has to be the other person. You can say, well, you know, I understand that you that you've gone through you know these experiences before. I could tell you that um, I personally, you know, I'm a person not going to hurt you. I'm not I'm not like any of those any of those any of those. Um, um, Women that you may have dated in the past, you know, I'm 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 here because I care about you. I'm here because you know um, I see a future, you know, with us, and really mm-hmm. put it in, put it in their court. That's good. I, I'm a firm believer of getting to the root of situations. I think that if we know the root of why a person is the way they are, then we can work on a healthy relationship. If you don't know the root cause. Um, then it's very difficult. If you don't know that um, a man was abandoned by his mother so he has abandonment issues or that um, he was mistreated by, you know, uh, some female authority figure in his life so therefore he doesn't respect the female. Um, if you don't know these things, then then you're definitely fighting a losing battle. So I, I commend you for your, your answer. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Well, let's talk about um, your empowerment um, aspect of your your coaching. What take do you, or I guess I should say, what methods do you use to help a person feel or become empowered within who God created them to be? Well, the one thing I always I always let people know is that. 
when God placed you here, he not only placed you with a gift, but he, he gave you the green light. And I let people know that because mm-hmm. a lot of people give a get a gift from God and they kind of wait a little bit. I guess mm-hmm. they're, they're either not convinced or they're just waiting on the, on the confirmation. I, the way I came up and, and grew up, I grew up um, with, the, with the belief that we all have been given the green light. And the confirmation is really is really in our court. But I was taught that, somebody told me a long time ago, that three-fourths of the word God means go, as in, as in go for that dream, go for that, that, um, that gift, that purpose. Mm-hmm. And so one of that's one of the things that I always I always just tell them is that you know you you have a you have a special gift and after I tell them that you know I I always I always ask them you know to write things down you know what 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 can we write down that's gonna be that's gonna be able to help you because sometimes people just need to get a little organized people need to be able to see it on paper you know I, I mention all the time about. Um, vision boards, how how powerful vision boards are because when we can kind of see something, you know, people are big and seeing things physical sometimes and, you know, a vision board sometimes is, is a perfect physical way of looking at your vision, you know, for the future. Explain explain a vision board. What What is that concept? Explain what it is. Well, a vision board, a vision board is just something like, let's just say that, you have somebody that wants to open up a business, and they want to, and they also wanted to be, let's say they want to be a millionaire. So what you mm-hmm. would do is you would, you would get a vision board, and you would start get, you would start cutting out. Some people cut out pictures. What I do, I I go on a computer and I go on Yahoo Images, and I and I just I I get pictures of maybe a business or what I did one time was I, I got a. I got a picture of a, a stadium crowd, and that and that vision was me speaking to a hundred thousand people, a big old stadium mm. crowd. So all you're really doing is you're getting something that resembles the vision that you that you have inside of you, and you put it you're putting it out on paper. You're cutting it out so that way you can be able to see it, because it's more of a visual thing. If you see that picture every day, that's going to give you more motivation versus just mm-hmm. talking about it. And when you talk about it, well, you really can't see it. But when you have that picture, that vision board, it's visual for you to be able to see it every morning. And if you put, especially if you place it in your room, where you where you're able to see it every morning when you wake up, you can see it before you go to bed. That gives you motivation, that right there. That gives you that purpose when you wake up, that excitement that you need every day because you need energy um, to really get to where you want to go. You need a lot of energy. And by seeing those things, doing those ex- those different exercises, those, that's going to help to give you the energy that you're going to need. Because along the, everyone knows that during the day, sometimes we we run into different obstacles. We run into challenges, whether it's challenges with people, maybe telling, you, maybe speaking negative things to you, or whatever it is. And by having that in your mind, those negative things won't distract you as much as it is the average person who may not have that that vision of their of their purpose. Okay, I like that. I like that, but and you're right. It does give you energy. It's it, it, it's the word of God. The word says, "Write the vision down, make it plain." So that's that's good. But I never heard it termed like that—a vision board. So that's good. That's good. Okay. Um. So now, 
as we empower ourselves, and obviously our empowerment above all else comes from our knowledge of who God is in and through us, that without him we are nothing and we can't accomplish nothing. Um, That's the greatest empowerment tool, I believe, that is at work in our lives that will cause us to succeed. If we come into the realization of seriously who God is in our lives and the fact that we were created in his image and his likeness, we are little G's, he's the big G, he is the, the the source of our energy, the source of our fuel, the source of what will propel us forward. We don't promote ourselves. Promotion comes from him. So when we come into that realization, then our perspective of how we see the world, how we see ourselves, and how we see our purpose and our destiny changes. It is that transformation of our mindset. So um, keeping that in mind and in, in your empowerment, um, seminars and, and talks and, and different things that you give, when you encounter someone that, um, and, and this is kind of a redundant question, I'm, I'm almost repeating myself, but I just really feel it in my spirit that someone has joined the line who has been told that they cannot accomplish what God has created them to accomplish. So knowing that God is our source. Help us take that vision board that you just talked about to incorporate the things of God in it to propel us into the place where he would have us to go. What would you incorporate in the vision board along with what your dreams and your goals are, along with that visual, like of you speaking before the stadium, how do we incorporate the vision that God has written out for our lives into that board? Well, um, one of the things I say is, first of all, you got first of all, we got to discover what the, what the vision is. That's the first. That's, that's mm-hmm. the first. The, you have to discover what that is. And I came up with some questions um, months ago uh, to help people to come up with to find their purpose. And one of the things I always say to find your purpose is, first of all, what is something that you love? And the reason why I say love, if you if you look at people out there right now, a lot of people are in are in a working job or are or, or in a place. When in which they do not love what they do, and so I say love because it's it's important to have something that you love to do because when you love to do something, one it doesn't feel like work, and then two you you're able to enjoy it because if you have to put extra hours into something, why not put extra hours into something that you love to do? Mm, true. How many people work? How many people work overtime at a job that they hate? Wow. Yeah, that's so, so true. That is so, so true. Well, I, I, I say that, one, find something that you love. Find out what is it that you love. The, ne- the second thing I, I ask the, for the question, for your purpose, what is something that you'll do for free? Because mm, if, that's, you, that's if you look passion. at it, <laughs> yeah, if you look at it, what is something out there that you've been doing for free? A lot of people don't realize something that they've been doing for free, they've been doing it for years. That thing you've been doing for free, that that's that. That's something you can you could be um, making it into a career. What's something that you mm-hmm. do, that you've been doing for free that you have a passion about doing? I, every, what I'm doing right now, I have a passion for. I do it all day long, speaking into people's mm-hmm. lives because because it's a need for that. And then the, the other thing I always say is for that one question is, what is something that you're willing to do for forty to sixty hours a week? Because a lot of times when we find that purpose, when we find out what it is, and we uh, and we identify it. It's going to take extra hours for us to get it up and going. 
because that that right. that's that's the process part. When you when you first become an author, you're gonna have to spend hours and hours in writing, going going editing sessions and and all these things like that. You have to actually go through. So find something that you love, something that you that you're willing to do for free, and something that you're willing to do for forty to sixty hours a week because that's that's what it's gonna take. But mm-hmm. but but now that I said that, when you mentioned earlier about vision boards. The next thing, once you identify what your purpose is, you you first after you identify what the purpose is, you need to start reaching out and finding people who are doing what it is that you want to do. People who are doing it at a high level. And I'll give you an example. Okay. I'm a I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I want to find someone who is doing what I want to do. And what I'm doing at a higher level than I'm doing, someone who's doing it professional, someone who's doing it like like a Les Brown or um, if I'm looking at authors, you know, like a, a Bishop T.D. Jakes. You know, you want to you want to reach out and, and build connections with people who are doing it at a high level. You mentioned earlier about people who tell you you can't do what God has told you to do. Sometimes we are around. Sometimes we get around the wrong company. Mm-hmm. Everyone isn't. Everyone can't understand your purpose. A lot of times they can't understand your purpose mm-hmm. because they didn't have the courage to pursue their purpose. So Very true. because they didn't pursue their purpose, they want to stop you from pursuing your purpose. Mm-hmm. And so by doing those things, reaching out to people who are doing what you want to do. The other thing that you want to do, we mentioned vision boards and all those things, you want to start speaking what you want to do into existence. And that's the one, this is where I'm, I'm really big on is for speaking those into existence, writing writing that, that vision down, okay, a lot of times we have we have to see things physical. I'm a believer that we have to see things first with a spiritual eye before we can ever see it spiritually. We have to we have to start planting the seed now before before it grows. So if you say you want to be a business owner, a, a speaker, you have to start speaking that right now, writing it down every day. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. You have to start saying it every day. You may not believe it the first few times you say it, but after a while, you, it's going to be repetition and repetition. You're going to start to believe it. And once you start believing, you're going to start working at it. Amen. Amen. Well, very, very good words of wisdom. We're coming down to the end of the show. I thank you so much for coming on and sharing. You have shared your heart. I've I believe and I know to be a fact that our listeners have gained some very vital insight from the things that you have shared. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you for willing to be transparent. Thank you for your willingness to share the wealth of knowledge that God has placed within you. I really, really appreciate you. And we must have you back on again to carry on with this conversation. Well, well, thank you. I just just wanted to thank you again and, and, um, you know, thank God and thank the listeners and all the messages that I pass on is every 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 time we learn something is it's meant to be passed on. It's not meant to, to stay mm-hmm. inside of us, but it's meant to be passed on to the next person. Amen. I agree wholeheartedly. Tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you, how they can get the book, or if they want to bring you in for a speaking engagement. Just give them your information, please. Well, uh, you can um, if you're on the lines right now, you can find me on Facebook at, at Shawin Watson. That's S H A. W O N and my last name is Watson W A T S O N. I'm also on Twitter at Watson Shawin on Twitter. My, my book is on Amazon and and it's also on um, Barnes Noble's online. And this, I'm telling you, if this 
if you if you've gone through some pain, if you if you're you know, if you've gone any, through any kind of heartbreak, you know, definitely this book is for you. This book right here is a small workbook book inside and this book right here is geared to get you delivered and to get you positioned for that Mr. Right. Because I know you want that Mr. Right and I want to help you get that Mr. Right. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much again for coming on. We really appreciate you, and thank you for sharing. Now, I do this with all of my guests. I would just ask as we close out, would you just pray over the listeners um, to speak a word of blessing over their lives, please? Heavenly Father, we we just thank you for just allowing us to have this show today. And uh, I just thank you, Lord, for every person who was on on um, on this line today that you just um, bless over them that you just um, that you just um, put increase into each and every one of their lives, Lord. I just I just thank I just thank you in advance, Lord, for every person on the line for their future already, Lord. I see I speak greatness into each and every person on this line, Lord. I know there's been someone on here today that's this is going to be transformed, Lord, based on what they heard today, Lord. And I and I just thank you, Lord, for for all for all their support on here today, Lord, because. This is what I do, Lord, and this is what I enjoy, Lord, when it comes to speaking to the lives, Lord, because it's so important that people, in my eyes, that people are fulfilled and and the people are are in the place where you designed for them to be, Lord. So I just thank you, Lord, and in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you again. And I would encourage you guys just to have your friends tune back in, listen to the archives, because this was really a blessing. Sherwin um, just shared his heart. And I, I know that you've been encouraged. I have no doubt in my mind that he has uplifted your spirit along your journey with God. I invite you again to join us every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for prayer, praise, and the word of God, where we come together and we pray, we intercede, we have a little praise and worship, and then we share the word of God. So join us right back here, Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, prayer, praise, and the word of God. You guys be blessed until we come together again. God bless.